0: This is the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. I'm your host, Ben Powers. On this podcast, you'll hear from business owners, entrepreneurs, and community influencers who all play a role in moving Lafayette Parish and South Louisiana forward. Today, I have a local business owner, local entrepreneur, uh, Tim Metcalf, who owns Dino's Pizza in Lafayette, and he also uh, is the... Uh, recent new owner of Prejean's Cajun Restaurant. Um, Tim, thank you for coming on today.
1: Yeah, I didn't know if it was a joke, you know, considering the date, so, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, look, man, I, uh, I tried getting you on last year, and I felt like you played the joke on me. I was like, what,
1: where's Tim? I at? I've got a chance, uh, Last me a chance to go back to Zimbabwe. I did a hunt there, it wasn't successful, and I just dropped everything, and I apologized, Ben, and took off, and then, I'm getting messages from you in Zimbabwe. I'm like, oops. Yeah, no worries, uh, yeah,
0: no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, all good. So, um, Tim, tell us a little bit about um, just kind of who you are. Where are you originally from? Lafayette. Uh, let's get that kind of out of the way. And
1: nope, I was born in Idaho Falls, Idaho.
0: Idaho, right? Yeah, the land uh, of potatoes. Potato,
1: potato <laughs> boy. So my uh, by- My parents were actually living in Santa Barbara, California, and my siblings. I'm the youngest of four. Uh, They had, he had, my dad had three successful Dino's Pizza restaurants in Santa Barbara, California by the time I came into the picture. Wait, Uh, so you had three He had three, well, Santa Barbara, Lompoc, and uh, Monterey, I think, were the three he had uh, with different partners. He was, he was doing the pizza thing there. He was a, he was a potato farmer, came out of the army, came back. Like, I don't see any way to make me to make a fortune, to make money where I want to be in life, farming potatoes. He was basically a sharecropper, didn't own any property. So he moved to California working with one of his brothers, my uncle, uh and he started to janitor in a pizza operation at nights, cleaning the place up. Didn't know what pizza was really. Uh fell in love with pizza, fell in love with the restaurant business. Had successful restaurants opening in California. My mom's about to give birth to me. Puts her on a train, sends her to Idaho. Says, "Hey, I want all my children born in Idaho." I think he wanted us out of his hair. She wow. gives birth to me. I come back, uh, grow up. We're oh man, it's 1971. We've been through the the uh, 60s, starting the 70s, and he's like, "I don't like the way things are going in California." But guess what? We're moving to Louisiana.
0: Wait, so what happened from California to Ohio, uh, Idaho
1: to... So Idaho, he left Idaho for economic
0: reasons. Okay.
1: And then we got to California, economy was great. He left it for social reasons. So he's a uh, Korean War veteran. Uh, he was very active in Boy Scouts. A lot of his kids went on to serve in the military in Vietnam. He saw how they were treated when they came back. Uh, we would go to grocery stores on the weekends and have to be detoured because of the Vietnam, Vietnam protesters. Uh, our neighborhood bank was being firebombed because they were selling war bonds. There was a lot of uh, – Manson was doing his thing not far from where we lived. There was a lot of stuff going on in California. That's that kind of crazy. Idaho farm boy just didn't agree with.
0: Was it kind of like a scene out of uh, the, the movie um – Got forrest Gump where all of the the Vietnam protests in that yeah movie, yeah, yeah. very we were, similar
1: uh, so so the the restaurant was in Santa Barbara we lived in Galida and Galida was right by ala Vista so ala Vista and San Francisco hey dashbury were the two major thoroughfares for the protesters and the hippie culture movement <laughs> um and it, yeah it, it, when I see that movie, I'm like, wow, I, I kind of lived through that, you know uh. Isn't it weird? Interesting. not it, it weird
0: to see it like captured in a movie? I mean, uh, obviously, um, I I did not live through that. I lived through it vicariously uh, watching it on Forrest Gump, which I know is a a very pale comparison to what it probably was really like. Right.
1: Right. It was very uh, much more intense, much more real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so Idaho didn't work out financially. Right. Um, did you guys didn't open any, as far as you know, Dino's pizzas in Idaho, right? No, okay. No, he
1: was just farming potatoes, just sharecropper. All right. So he was uh, actually a potato he, farmer. He was a potato farmer. Yeah. Right. Uh, All right. Potato, sugar beets, uh, pinto beans, things of that nature. Uh, again, it wasn't just, he could just see himself toiling day in and day out and never getting ahead. Went to California, found a way to get ahead, but didn't like the culture to raise a family. So me being the youngest of the four, I was pretty okay with it. Moving to Louisiana, it was just an adventure for me. Yeah. I we mean, talk, you were we too young to really yeah, know. No, no I, I was difference. surfing a little bit and I'm like, Hey, I like surfing. And he's like, you can have, <laughs> can maybe have a horse or a mini bike. We can talk about it. You know, yeah, you like, can't Ooh. surf in Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good. I, yeah. But my older siblings, there was some, especially my two oldest, there was some, some uh, resentment, some culture shock. They, uh, they had some problems, you know, dealing with, with leaving California and their friends. And yeah, I think any yeah. kids would, uh, Cause they're in high school. They had roots by then, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, and, and, uh, and, uh a lot of friends, you know, and I just, uh, I was fine. I was good. Uh, how old were you whenever you moved to Louisiana? So, so we got here in 71. I'm six, nine years old. So, okay. Yeah, I'm 62. And how
0: old were your siblings roughly? You said uh, high
1: school? Kathy was four years older. So she'd have been 13. Uh, Debbie would have been 14 and my brother was 16.
0: Okay. Uh, um, are your siblings still in Louisiana or or well,
1: two of them have passed. So just just my sister Kathy's left and she is in, uh, in Louisiana. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. So um, did you guys ultimately, did your dad ultimately close the Dinos in California to move to
1: the Louisiana? So, My dad kept it running. The idea was uh, his partner, Oliver Moraga. That's where the O came from. My dad was Dean and O was Oliver Moraga. So a business partner Dinos. So yeah. And uh Dean and Ollie, Dino's. So uh he was gonna Oliver was gonna operate the California and they were gonna my dad was gonna fly back and forth and uh it didn't work out. So so my dad ended up just selling his percent. Uh and that that phew, till about five years ago that was still open to Dino's. It had sold a couple more times after. But different branding
0: Dino. and all that good stuff, right? Oh, it's still Dino's. It's really? Like
1: Dino, yeah.
0: But like the logo, was the logo? No, similar? the logo was different. But we changed yeah. the logo.
1: They had the original. Ah, okay. They kept the original. We changed ours when I took over. I, I wanted to. Dino's originally was a pizzeria, open just for dinner, pizzas and a little green salad, soft drink and draft beer. Period. My dad liked things simple, no complications. Uh, very small menu. Did well with it, but when the uh, when I took over in the 80s, when the economic downturn happened, then I knew we had to make a change. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, your dad kept it simple, but you obviously had to make a change. What changes did you guys make in the 80s? I mean, obviously, the oil well, bust,
1: we had to you know, I felt we had to build a better mousetrap, so I decided to bring the Cajun food that I knew how to cook and, and I love to eat and incorporate that into our menu, into our pizzas. That's when we became pizza like no other and started putting crawfish and shrimp and crab meat and boudin and 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 all these great items we have here in South Louisiana on a pizza. My thought was, you know, everybody thinks originally original pizza was Italian food and you got to have Italian toppings and, that they just put themselves in a box and i just looked at pizza as a vessel to build a platform to build on so you could put asian food you could put hispanic food you can put americana you can put the italian you can put the cajun and you can do fusions of everything so and it's worked out you know yeah it really has
0: yeah Support for the podcast is brought to you by the Music Academy of Acadiana. Acadiana's top choice for music lessons in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, audio production, and more. They teach students of all ages and styles. They have sent students to college to compete in major music competitions and have also premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice. They are founded by Tim Benson who is a University of Louisiana at Lafayette Music School graduate The Academy has been voted as a top finalist in the best music school by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016 and they have won the National Music School of the Year Award in 2014. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. You can find out more at their website at www.musicacademyacadiana.com. You can also check out their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more information. Our tech sponsor, The Orchard, is Acadiana's only Apple-authorized service provider. They provide services for Apple products, whether it be a broken screen or if you need help trying to figure out an app. The Orchard has your back. They helped us by giving us an ipad to continue running our show since our show is dependent on apple products so with that check out their stores they got two locations in the canadiana one next to buffalo wild wings off of ambassador in lafayette and at their new location in karen crow next to super one foods you can check them out at theorchardstores.com Or in person to make sure that all of your Apple products are taken care of and up and running and working as they should. You know, obviously, pizza is a vessel. It's 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 a it's a pie, and there's no. I I guess theoretically, there's no rules.
1: No rules. No rules. (laughs) A lot of people did self-imposed rules. So, you know, I can remember back in the '80s when I first started this. Like I think that's when the food revolution really began, and I watching Good Morning America, Diane Sawyer, and I see Wolfgang Puck on there, and Wolfgang's on there. Like yes, I have this California Pizza Kitchen, and he was he was breaking the rules as was I. He goes yes, Diane, we can put anything on there, but we have not found a way to put chicken. And I'm like damn, I got a chicken al fresco pizza, and a barbecue chicken. So ha- wait, already- oh, wait, so Wolfgang Puck said that, yeah. He said he
0: hasn't he hasn't figured out a way to put chicken chicken,
1: chicken, he can't on, a pizza. chicken on a pizza. Yeah. I mean everybody, I I, I don't want to say I was the first, but I was one of the first to put a barbecue chicken pizza, and then that became all the rage. That was the barbecue chicken pizza was one of nationally that that people started thinking outside the box. Say, hey, the pizza doesn't have to have pepperoni. It doesn't have to have mushrooms and sausage and black olive. it, it can have this barbecue. Wow, this is good. You know? Yeah. So, so you can have an idea, but you have to sell that idea. Yeah, You yeah. have to accept that idea.
0: You got to right. execute on that idea, yeah. and hopefully yeah. it works. Um, so what is your favorite pizza? It could be your pizzas, so or it could be anybody's oh pizza. Man, What's it, your it, favorite? It just
1: depends. Right now, I'm kind of on this raging Cajun kick, but I add black and green olives for that salty component, so I get the heat and the sweet yeah. and the, yeah, the yeah. pepperoni, and, and, but I go back. Sometimes it's just a cheese pizza bin. Sometimes I love pizza, man. I eat it four days a week, <laughs> but... Some you know it it just yeah yeah just you know oh no I get it I mean
0: obviously you own a uh, a local pizza restaurant why wouldn't you eat pizza right exactly uh, so much tired of it yet
1: I'm like no
0: no I mean it's okay are are you tired of hamburgers like I mean it's it's bread and what you put between it
1: makes the difference And, and we love to create and that's where we get me and my son now you know he's third generation so he's in it very active. He Runs a south location and him and I'll go back and forth. We have, uh, <laughs> we've had competitions where we uh come up with pizza of the month or new burger recipes, and and uh, you know, sometimes I win, sometimes he wins, sometimes. I cheat and win. <laughs> <laughs> Work, okay. Know, so, yeah. yeah. And you
0: guys have a, a burger, right? It's it. You still got, you still have the pizza burger, right? We
1: yeah, have the pizza burger. Yeah. Yeah. And so, one uh, the first ones to come up with that as well. So let
0: yeah. me tell you, I've never had the pizza burger. It looks like a lot. I get a uh, bad heartburn. So I'm like, I'm looking at the picture and I'm just I'm like, I can feel you it. Can well feel enough. it yeah. I'm my like, God. Yeah. I need to take a time. just looking at the, it's, picture. It,
1: it is a lot, but it's a, uh, it's so unique. And, and, and It's good. It's surprisingly good. Simple. Yeah,
0: yeah. My wife likes uh y'all's uh I think it's the pasta
1: salad. Pasta salad. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh that's our best selling salad. Oh, I bet. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty unique uh for the area too as well. Yeah. So.
0: I know. I don't want to bore people telling, uh, telling people what my favorite stuff is. But uh, yeah. my, one of my favorite pizzas is there. And I'll go ahead and bore people if they want to. But uh, my favorite is the Hawaii 5 mm-hmm. um, You know, people say, oh, you can't put pineapples on oh, a pizza. Oh, you can look, must look, definitely
1: put pineapple on a look, pizza.
0: Look, it is so good. And you have candied jalapeno, jalapeno peppers. Right. Like, that's uh, – and it's so different. And the chicken is – it's not, like, um, cut chicken. It's, like,
1: it's crumbly. Sausage. We dried it. We yeah. dried it up. We – uh. We grind chicken, well, that chicken sauce has been a huge success because it's on the Raging Cajun as well. Yeah. And it came by kind of accidentally on purpose thing. Uh, We, for years you buy, we sell a lot of chicken salads, chicken sandwiches, uh, and you buy your portion breasts, four ounces and six ounces. And by the time you thaw them out, the fours, the sixes are fours and the fours are two and a half. And I'm like, man, I feel like I'm ripping my customers off, but I'm paying for it. But it just... I don't know. I felt bad. So we started cutting our own chicken. We buy whole chicken breasts and cut them down to a portion size. We had a lot of waste left, scraps left over. And we're like, man, what do we do with this stuff? I, I have no idea. Yeah. So, I, so I made a chicken sausage and, you know, we put it on the menu and it hey, was going so and so. And then we came up with the five zero and the Raging Cajun. And now we buy cases and cases of chicken as well and just grind them straight. Uh, we put the candy jalapenos in that chicken sausage as well. So
0: really, yeah. so so the pizza not only has whole jalapenos that are candy, but it's it's mixed it's in the up chicken in the, in the yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. And then I think I, I tried your barbecue chicken pizza; it was good. Um, and obviously, you guys have a great uh, special. It's like around seven, eight bucks for a pizza, a drink, and a salad. Right. Look, yeah, look. Yeah. T- let me tell you, that's probably my go-to. 'Cause yeah. I for lunch I try to stay around that under ten dollar range right, and it's right, perfect. Right. And that's yeah.
1: why we keep it on the on the menu at that price yeah. that yeah. value for lunches. We we do really good lunches and uh my son and some of the staff are like, hey, you raise the price of that. I'm like, hey, no, that's uh, keeps people coming in. And yeah. We yeah.
0: yeah. 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 And look, it keeps people I'm not a cheapskate, but no, I yeah. like a good that deal. Much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, cool. obviously I know prices rise and you gotta do what you gotta yeah. do, but uh,
1: we bumped it up a little bit, but it's still under ten bucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. So man, um so obviously we we got the story of how Dino's kind of started and how it came here. Um what since you start since you have been running Dino's like what are some of the other things that you have done in the community that have, you know, obviously you you we mentioned that you own Prejan's, but like what are some of the other stuff that you're involved in? I mean, we were talking before we went on and you were mentioning some of the stuff like some of the kickboxing businesses that you were in. Right. Um what are some of the other stuff you, you can't be it can't be just all pizza?
1: No, 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 no. No, I've diversified a little bit. You know, a little bit into real estate. Uh the kickboxing gym we had. We opened in Youngsville. Uh we opened another location in Lafayette, closed the Youngsville location to go to Lafayette. Started doing pretty well there. COVID hit, boom. Struggled, yeah. struggled, tried to get it going. Got tired of operating it at a loss, we shut that down uh, about four or five months ago. Uh, so I own that space, we we're renting that out. Uh, but I also have in East, I have a safe and sound storage, I'm in partners with that, so a storage facility and Woodbriar assisted living. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. You don't own a car wash
1: yet? No car washes, no Mexican restaurants. <laughs> Look, I'm telling I, you, I, I it, been, I've been approached a couple of times on the car wash deal, and I'm like, man, it, when when's that one gonna be too many? You know what I mean? I know, uh,
0: I know, and believe it or not, uh, and if anybody's listening, you you might be upset, but there is another car wash coming. Yeah, yeah, there's already another one that's just starting to get built. It's not uh not quite as uh long as like some of the the most popular ones right. this one that's coming up it's uh it's it's going towards Youngsville off of uh Vera and uh near milton the the roundabout but uh it's just one of those smaller kind of you pull in and the equipment moves around you oh, okay, so I it's gotcha. a little bit smaller it's a little bit more quick right. and uh I don't think it's manned I think it's by what they
1: doing one on uh an ambassador right in front of the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that
0: one's almost complete. Yeah, yeah exclusive yeah. auto spa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, local owners. I mean, it's no, it's, it is. It's
1: is the same one that they have on Chameleon and Johnson. I think that's the same owner.
0: Um, so exclusive auto spa by Lords. That's a different owner than Classic Auto Spa. Okay, so Classic Auto Spa has three. How did we get a car wash? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but look, yeah. uh, it's 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 the talk of the town. It's been like, every single post that I make. I feel like people talk about car washes, and I'm like, guys. Like, it is what it is, but, you know, apparently, per the population that we have, we have more car washes in this city than other cities around the state. I'm like, I don't know why. I guess it's a good business to get into.
1: People in Lafayette really like clean cars? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, know. I mean, like yeah. like some people in the no, comments, like, like, like said, they better not be a dirty car in Lafayette. <laughs> no, right,
1: right. They shouldn't be. Yeah. Um. Okay.
0: So, I want to get on to Prejeans, man. So, obviously, Prejeans is a, a staple in the community. Um, and whenever you guys took it over, it was a big deal. And I hear a lot of people, you know, just family members and friends talk about Prejeans today and how much better it is. Uh, I still hear some feedback like, oh, you know, they still have some things that they need to work on. I don't know what that looks like. I haven't been yet.
1: No, I mean, yeah, we take constructive criticism well, so.
0: Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've been in business for, God, 50 over, yeah yeah, 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 a little yeah. while, so. Oh, so, yeah. You, you should everything be able to the, take everything truck. with a grain of salt. Right? Yeah. So, so um, what, what kind of led up to you guys acquiring Prejeans because Prejeans wasn't, I want to say this is in the pandemic situation. It wasn't in a
1: good spot even it before that. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh they, they uh, Mr. Bob Gilbo uh, founded Prejeans, did a great job, brought James Graham in. He originally started as a crawfish and oyster, little shack, boil house, Turned into this iconic, the most iconic Cajun restaurant, you know, probably in the world. 17,000 square feet, award winning, just blowing and going. And then the heyday passed and it basically became a tourist trap. Uh, locals gave up on it. So you brought, when people came into town, you you brought them there begrudgingly, but. They right. Yeah, I want to go to, yeah, go to a go Cajun to restaurant. So you went and. and Pre-Jeans? So, yeah, pre-Jeans, <laughs> that's what everybody called it. So, so. uh Bob also uh, got L. olds and he just had uh, different uh, family members operating it. And they just weren't true operators. They, they weren't true to the cause. So things changed and, and sometimes not for the better. And then COVID comes along and I think that's the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back type thing. Uh, I'm on the north side, meanwhile, thinking about putting another Dino. So I looked at some property across the street on 10 acres and we had a deal on that Uh go to closing and they change the numbers on me i don't like that i leave oh man Uh, cross street i'm dealing with mr castile on some on the on the corner right across from uh from Prejan's, right across thoroughbred there's a corner lot mr castile we just couldn't come to terms on it no big deal uh and and i get this guy tells me hey uh bob's selling prejan's would you be interested and i I don't know. Again, I'm working on another deal. I don't know if he wants me to consult for him or purchase. So he calls me in his office and he goes, hey, what do you think my restaurant's worth? And I just go in there as a, as a very seasoned restaurant veteran. Didn't look at any paperwork. Didn't look at anything. You just, just eyeball it? Just eyeball it. Just yeah. eyeball it because you hear, you think you know what they're doing. You know, there's a lot of stuff going around town. And I know the number of seats they have and how busy. And they, they still had a pretty good social media Hadn't killed it, yeah. The ratings were good, Google, and they, it wasn't horrible. So, uh, I say, Bob, it's between this and this. He goes, Man, we're close. I'm like, Wait, you're we, close. We're negotiating? He goes, He goes, Yeah, absolutely, we're negotiating. So, we uh, we started negotiations, and and by the end of the week, I had a number, an offer, firm offer for him. But I told Bob, I said, Look, I have to be open by lint because I know how oh, yeah, it works. Oh, so, yeah. this was October. I'm like, this place needs some work. You know, I know I can flip it. I just, I just remodeled both of my restaurants. So I still have my team together, and I called them. They were available. It all fit together. I said, Bob, we got to close Friday. So we had attorneys in the office. We kicked the attorneys out of the office, scribbled it down. The, the agreement shook hands. Attorneys walked back in and said, this is what we agreed on. They're like, but, but no, no, this is what we agreed on. And we closed the following week. So.
0: Wow. So from, from negotiation point, I mean, it technically, you didn't know you were going into a negotiation. I didn't. I didn't. Um, from that point to closing, how, what was the
1: time span? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. That's pretty quick. Very quick. My wife didn't even know. God, I didn't even consult my wife. You didn't. My son. My wife. And I tell him, like, hey, I just bought a restaurant. She's like, oh, I bought a She cried. She physically cried. And she's like, we don't need another I'm like, baby, I promise you, I can make this work. You just, you, you always want to do all this work. I don't know. We're getting older. We want to, like, oh, oh, I got this. Man. And now she said, you don't have to do anything. We we get it open and it, everything's going well. She's like, I'm gonna go help you over there. <laughs> right she's, proud. Right. she's proud of me. She did. She just, so uh, she was scared at first. She was scared. Yeah. Was
0: scared. Okay. You so know. it wasn't tears of joy. It was tears like, oh my god, what are you doing? Right.
1: right you didn't
0: right. just buy a car. Yeah, who
1: buys it? Who buys a restaurant in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: Uh, right. Especially in during a pandemic. Yeah. Good grief.
1: And, and a giant restaurant. It was it was a big uh, it was a big price tag on it. You know. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't steal it by any means. It was fair price, but it's. A lot of a lot of zeros in there. And, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: So, so obviously you bought it because you knew you could do something with it. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. How's it doing today?
1: Great, great. It, it, it's uh, everything we envisioned. We're not where Bob was in his heyday, but I don't know if that's where I want to be. Yeah, that that's you. Just it's too busy. Sometimes you're putting stuff out you're not proud of, so we're able to control it. A little better, um, a lot of hands-on, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's good, it's good. Okay, business is good. We just yeah. talk about uh, a little bit of employees, wages, and and, and inf- inflation. You know that that's just a new dynamic uh, we've not dealt with all at once. So we've always had sometimes labor is better than it's worse. Sometimes you have inflation. Usually when you have inflation, employment's good. Have never seen like the perfect storm where it's all.
0: And so are you struggling to get uh keep workers keep employment up or Oh absolutely. You, yeah. Absolutely. I mean a lot of a,
1: restaurant business is always a challenge. It, it'll be a Even challenge. Even before the pandemic. Even before yeah. the pandemic. Restaurants are hard to staff.
0: I mean you probably have a turnover, high high turnover. You do rate. your yeah. dishwashers and yeah.
1: Some some position. You don't turn over your management, your kitchen, you know. You leave people don't turn over very often. Servers, the ones that good servers stay because if they're a good server, they're gonna make money. We have people coming through, bartenders, uh, but you, but your kitchen staff and and mostly in the dish pit, you'll turn them over.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's a those are dirty jobs, as uh, right, Mike right. Rowe would that, say. It's
1: a tough job. <laughs> it's a really tough job.
0: So. Um, I worked at uh, Chili's whenever I first moved here in t- twenty ten. Um, so obviously I'm more fresh to Lafayette than you are ever. Right, right. Um, I moved here and I worked at Chili's for a little while. I never had. I had to serve a server job, I guess, when I was 15, technically before I was legally able to work. Right. I was getting paid under the table and I had like a small little small mom and pop restaurant that I worked at. But I didn't like it wasn't the same working at a a a well-known, well-established restaurant that's busy and the dishwashing systems are wild. And you not, it's not mm-hmm. just like throwing stuff in a little container and rinsing some stuff off and sanitizing. No, this is no, like this some big deals um you know i i got i got to see all the the back end stuff and it, and it's a lot of work it's a lot of dirty stuff uh and even just being a server that's hard work too cuz you got to deal with the public like and
1: feet and you're dealing with the public and their moods yeah and, and the cooks if uh the problem is you're the fall guy as a server so if the cook cooks just temp your steak wrong if the cook if they're slow ticket time uh, the French fries are cold. Anything they do in the back of the house reflects upon you because you're the one the customer's going to fuss at.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, or you, not tip you as a as yeah. a server. You're the, you're technically the face of the company. Correct. Yeah, I mean, so right. uh, that was drilled into my head a lot for the like four or five months that I was at Chili's. Like uh, the manager, the general manager at the time, he actually told me whenever I was leaving, because um, I'm a graphic designer normally with my my work when I first moved here. Right. And I had gotten a job in like Charles um you know working remotely and he wanted me to stay at Chile so bad, but he told me, he said, like I gotta admit, like almost fired you the second week that you started. I'm like, why? He goes, I just didn't see it in you. I'm like, you know what? I almost didn't see it in myself either. I was about to quit too, but,
1: but you stuck it out. So Yeah, good. I stuck yeah. it
0: out because you know yeah. what? I needed to make rent. Yeah. I was no, I, I was living actually in Cancara, I was living behind the chili. so there was an apartment complex back mm-hmm. there, right. and um, I would work. I would walk to work, right. and so it wasn't that bad. I mean, summer was hot, but um, you know, I needed to make tips. And being a guy, um, this you know, this is kind of going into the uh, pay equality situation. Mm-hmm. But being a guy in a in a tipped based industry, that's hard. It's hard. You want to talk about pay gap? Yeah. Like being and a go, woman, being a lady. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you get tipped so much differently and
1: well, you know in Chili's, But if you go to a super high end. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think it levels out.
0: Yeah. Levels oh no, out. no doubt, yeah. but like
1: yeah. most but no.
0: most people get their start in the smaller no, uh, I guess right. small establishments right. like the entry level establishments. Right, right, right. And um I remember a time where a lot of the ladies that were working there young girls And they were bragging about how much they made, Uh, you know, they worked the double shift and like they were bragging how much they made. And like, it was over three or $400 for that night. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this is good. I'm going to be able to make three or 400 bucks. Right. And then I go work a double and like bust my butt for eight, nine hours. And I leave out of there maybe with a hundred bucks. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like what happened? Yeah. I mean, I was like, dude, what are they doing? Like, and obviously, the the name of the game is get just people be, alcoholed just up. Just
1: being cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah and alcoholed be up, cute. too. Yeah, yeah. Get them liquored up and being cute. In a-
0: but yeah, it, it's it's interesting. But I don't want to stay there too long. But I just no. kind of sharing my uh, yeah. my brief experiences. So back to Prejeans. Okay. So you guys, you kind of mentioned it. You kind of alluded to it. You don't want to go back to what Pre-Jeans was was back in its heyday, so to speak. Right. Um, what what does that mean to you?
1: The, the tour buses. They they had someone. Uh, their whole job was just bring the tour buses to, just bring the buses, bring the buses, bring them through, fight for them. Uh, you know, back in those days, you had uh, Randalls. Uh, Mew Lodge was still around. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Randalls. Yeah, and, and they uh, crawfish time USA, and they would, they would all. Everybody was fighting for those tour buses. Who could? There was kickbacks. There was companies. There was all kinds of ways. And, and, and <clears throat> being, I mean, there's no more of you, lost, no more Randalls. I'm kind of like almost a sole survivor. And now <laughs> they're coming to me like, "Hey, want to do these buses?" I'm like, "Yeah." See, I'm not doing a bus on a Saturday night. So why not? You know, it's easy money. I'm like, you you know, it's not. I have all these locals that aren't going to want to wait an hour. Or if you sit down, you and your wife come in. Yeah, and that, and that bus comes in and their ticket gets turned into the kitchen and you're a two-top right behind them. And it takes you 45 minutes, 50 minutes to get your food. You're like, man, what, this is crazy, you know? Uh, so we try not to do them during, we're very picky about when we take buses. We take okay. take them, but it's got to be a certain time. And we're also backed up on the mute. I love the idea that we need to help culture music is culture of Louisiana uh, but the music all day and all night you know I'm talking to my customers the locals and they're like sometimes we just want to talk yeah we don't want them so we, we do music three four nights a week and we don't do music so we can kind of satisfy everybody so we're just not just a you know pumping the people running a bunch of specials and trying to get them through the door and just volume 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 we, we Pumping the brakes a little bit.
0: You're not trying to be too cliche with the whole Cajun right. atmosphere, exactly. and it's Cajun, but I mean, Cajun people like to talk. They I mean, do. they do, and sometimes we don't know when to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. And so, especially yeah. if, if there's alcohol involved, um, you know, and it's just that's how that's how families, especially in Cajun culture. Uh, you know, hang out. They, they talk, they drink and they enjoy oh, that around the kitchen table. Yeah. yeah. And it's so good to so have music, but sometimes music can be a little overbearing.
1: It can be. Yeah, it can
0: be. But if it's like, if it's you get a softer, few
1: lunches and you lunches in that, in that metal wood, metal building, you couldn't, you, you weren't having a conversation. Huh? Yeah. You were screaming at the waiter. What? What do you want? Fried? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all
0: right. So, all right. So we, we, we don't want to be too cliche, but we still, we want to keep the Cajun, Culture alive, and I like the fact that you're prioritizing your busiest times for locals because I think that was what a lot of people expressed that they didn't like about Prejans. Was that yes, it's it's the Cajun culture looking, I guess, somewhat of the taste, right. but you know, people that lived here, it's almost like going to Vegas. The people that live in Vegas don't go to the Strip. They don't. They no. don't want. They may. The they work it. They're too expensive, right? Yeah, and they just. They work they, it, but they, they don't want to be on it for enjoyment because no, it's not enjoyable for them. No. So it's kind of like, I think it got to that point maybe where yeah,
1: it's a good good uh, correlation. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, the the locals would stay away unless. Someone came to them today. Hey, I really want to go to Prejean. Yeah,
0: was, and I'll be honest. We we went a few times before you uh, guys acquired it, right. and it was good. I mean, I, I didn't have anything that I didn't like. I'm not a big seafood person, so right. I didn't. I can't tell you what the seafood was like. Uh, my wife loved the 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 sausage and uh, chicken gumbo right. uh, for a while. Chicken and sausage and gumbo. I don't know why I reversed it, but uh, and she liked it. And then towards the end. On um, the the proverbial end, I guess, is um, she started noticing that the gumbo tasted different, like it wasn't the what she used to remember, and so, but yeah, I I, I felt like it was less locals and it was more, let's see how many tourists that we can get there. And that was the kind of on social media. That was the kind of the general theme. Like, Oh, you brought your, your, your guest, your, your new people to from to Louisiana to praise so that they can see an alligator and see some moss hanging from uh, the, the, the roof, right, the right, ceiling right. And, and some Kachank Kachank Cajun
1: music playing on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah.
0: And yeah. I, I mean, and that's, that's obviously something that is fun for people to see, but again, uh, going back it, to it the, served the
1: purpose, but it was more like, it wasn't the real thing. It was almost like. yeah. And then you guys. What, what you expect? It, I guess the, the things that we don't like about Cajun. When we watch a movie, the fake accents, you know, and the, and it wasn't true Cajun. So we tried to get some more realism into it.
0: But, yeah. You know. And then you guys, uh, during the renovation process, you guys knocked down a lot of walls. And kinda,
1: yeah, you opened but, it up a lot Bob, more. Bob had a lot of walls in there because he, he had some amazing pieces of artwork just amazing but he had so much it was almost like a museum it was cluttered so we knocked open walls cleaned it up lightened it up and then put these beautiful pieces of art where they could be seen and so many people came up to us, like man i've never seen that did you buy that i'm like no it was here (laughs) no no i've been coming for 40 years i'm like no i don't know when bob bought it but it was here like i don't believe but it was we didn't we didn't have to buy anything yeah we just moved it around and and took a lot out so okay it was a, a lot to take out so
0: I bet yeah all right so um, we're we got about 10, 10 15 minutes left I wanna I want to shift a little bit to uh, some of your your hobbies and some of those I think are uh, some of your more recent hobbies and some of them you kind of just have a, a a sort of love in and it kind of mm-hmm. connects and uh, I'll get to that so um, you have a a liking for uh martial arts and obviously right. uh the past few years if you go to your Facebook page, you and Bob Moore who used to be uh I don't know if it was Caleb Y or He's Kate, still with
1: channel he, Y TV T V ten. Yep. yep.
0: Yeah. Is he still there and he's still there. Okay. He's still there. But he's not on is he on
1: camera? I I don't haven't watched it. Uh, he does a few live remotes and uh, it's it's limited. His role's limited yeah. as to what it used to be.
0: Well whenever I watched it obviously uh watching back then news was Super relevant because you didn't have social media it and
1: Bob ba- too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bob together. was yeah. young,
0: man. He had uh, dark hair. He had dark hair. <laughs>
1: he had a lot of it too. Yeah.
0: And yeah. so you guys, I think it was like 2017, 2018 ish, uh, actually had a match, right?
1: We did. We decided uh, Bob was uh, MC for the uh, for some of the local fights, and you know, going back into the 90s, I became a black belt in Taekwondo and always uh loved the martial arts and then got into the mma and and just just enjoyed it but man we're both in our 50s and tim crater approaches like hey you guys should fight each other like we were friends he goes yeah but you know friends fight i'm like we do we've always fought with friends you you, you know and he goes why should we f-? he goes yeah get it out of your system i know you, i look at you guys you know i know you want to do it why don't you do it for charity i'm like bob are you what do you think? He goes, all right. Yeah. I've always wondered what it's like to make that walk. Instead of walking is an announcer. I'm like, well, me too. Let's do it. So we set it up and we did a uh, kickboxing exhibition at Cypress Bayou. And uh, he goes, well, how's this going to go down? I said, Bob, I love you, but I'm going to try to knock your head off when we get in the <laughs> ring. And he goes, well, I love you too. So, um, and, and Bob was, Bob was tough, man. I found out after I accepted that he boxed in uh, in the army and he used to be a professional wrestler, like, WWE wrestling oh, man. type, it was a low circuit, but yeah, I was like, wow. But uh, it, it was a good time. We, we raised a lot of money for um, for breast cancer, okay, and uh, had fun. And two old guys knocked something off their bucket list, it was pretty big. And, and yeah, not uh, something
0: you do regularly, no, yeah, no, that no. takes a beating on you, you. Know, of
1: course. After that, right, I'm, I want to do another, my wife looks at me, Mm-mm. and I knew the answer was no, so
0: yeah, so who who was there a winner in that in that fight?
1: I was awarded the night, yeah.
0: All right. I think we both won. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean if you're raising money for a good cause you both yeah, win, obviously. Absolutely.
1: But yeah, uh, and we both, you know, still good friends to this day and uh both walked away with no long term disabilities. <laughs> but, uh, that was important. We, we had some we had some gentlemanly rules. We weren't gonna kick yeah. each other in the knees and in the head. So it had to be like torso and uh but but uh yeah. Yeah. And we used eight ounce gloves instead of the smaller gloves and you know, Okay, cushion a little more. So,
0: yeah. And then, and this goes a little farther. You're uh, you're good friends with uh, recent champion Dustin Poirier, right? Um, how how did you guys meet, and how long have you guys known each other? Because you, you're 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 older than he is, but like, when did you guys get connected, and kind of what what? caused you guys to be friends and you travel with him a lot. Like
1: we we go to all his fights up. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you in Las Vegas, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. 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 Twice. Abu Dhabi. So we met in, uh, I don't remember the year, but Dustin was still an amateur. I don't think he was 20 years old. He just married Joe Lee. Uh, we're training at a gym in Scott. Cody McCown had a physical fitness gym. So this is a strength and conditioning. And they had a class, that fit my schedule, but it was, it was just fighters. It was just the fighters. It was dusted. It was our time back. It was Mason, it was boxers to Mason Menard, uh, Tim Crater. And these guys were going, they had this really rigorous workout where they were doing five, five minute rounds of intense exercise with one minute in between, emulating a, a professional fight, main court fight. So I'm like, man, I can fist my time slot and I can get a great workout in a short amount of time. Perfect. Let's do it. And, uh, Dustin would show up and, and his kid had something in him that the other ones didn't. He was there no matter what. He never had an excuse not to show up. He never had it. Once he got there, he worked out. So a lot of, I watched some of these fighters and, and, and uh, Man, I'm I'm outworking him and I was in my forties. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, you need to step it up a little bit. You know, you really want this for your lifestyle? I said, look at Poirier, look at Poirier. And we ended up sponsoring him and uh and just became good friends, stayed in contact, started going to his fights. Him and my wife, or my wife and his wife became really close. Uh, my wife is the only person I think that calms Jolie down. She sits next to him oh, in all the yeah. fights. So some of the fights I don't get to I don't get to sit next to you know uh but my wife does so uh so but that's cool uh we have a good time uh, he's a great guy we've uh we've gone on to do they put me and Karen, my wife on the uh good fight foundation so we're doing a lot of good things in Lafayette with them uh yeah so it's been it's been a great uh I like it they seem to they seem to love me so it, yeah a, yeah
0: so you so you guys sponsored Dustin, how, in we what capacity? We did
1: before the Reebok deal came apart. Got it. You could, you know, face get sponsored, Dustin, I got a pair of shorts in the UFC in the ring. It used to be like NASCAR back in those days. Yeah. Uh, fighters would just get all kinds of sponsors and put them on their banner and their shorts, you know, and uh, <laughs> it was more believing in Dustin because the look there's not an ROI on on, on that. Right, but, right. Uh, but it was pretty cool. And then, uh, UFC sold off to Reebok. They wanted to become more of a sport like the NFL or baseball and have proper uniforms. So Reebok took it all over and, and the fighters kind of got toes on that. But Reebok put up so much money in each, each fight, depending on how long you've been in the UFC, you get so much promotional money. Uh, but we stayed friends at that point. Dustin was doing, you know, fairly well. Uh, and wasn't living off that type of sponsorship anymore. Uh,
0: Okay. And so, um, and I know Dustin travels to, uh, I think it's Boca Raton a lot in Florida. I don't know if he has a
1: coconut a, coconut. Uh, yeah. Boca, I don't, uh, I don't know Boca. if he has a place there. Yeah, he has a condo. Yeah. He has a condo there because that's his fight camp. Yeah. Is it with American top? Team I, I
0: figured that was something that, cause he's always there training. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and he's in Florida right now, actually. So, yeah.
0: So how, do, how do the trips in Abu Dhabi go? Like how, why, why way over there?
1: Well, the first one was the Khabib fight and, and, Um, like the further his fights are away the less of his family goes usually just it is what it is but uh, we had other plans in fact I was in California elk hunting and and Dustin calls hey took a fight in Abu Dhabi and I'm looking at the dates. I'm like "Eh." so Jolie calls Karen and I said look Karen you just go with Jolie and I'll figure it out so I ended up flying straight from California talk about a long flight I was on the west coast ended up in Abu Dhabi The, the plane got had someone pass away on the plane. They stopped in Bulgaria. It was it was crazy, but we got there. I've never been so hot in my life. Man, I landed at midnight, and it was still hotter than it is in July in Louisiana. Over
0: hundred degrees. Oh huh? man, God, at night it is
1: oppressive because you, everybody goes, "Oh, it's a dry heat. You're in the desert." No, you're on the Arabian Gulf. You're right there. It's yeah. And then when the day came, it was even worse. Yeah, because I'd I never cooled down that whole trip. So we go back for the Connor fight the second Connor fight we go back but we went back at a good time of year and it was it was actually really pleasant at that point but we were that was in, right in the middle of covid we went to abu dhabi nobody could go and and I talked to Dana White himself I said look man me and my wife are going period you just got to find a way for us I'll, I'll find a way to get in the country you got to find a way for us to get in the arena and they ended up doing it but we couldn't fly to abu dhabi we had to fly to dubai and they're two fiefdoms. They're totally different. Yeah. So when they cross, they're trying to put ankle monitors on us and uh, saying we can't. We it was crazy. That we sounds got an interpreter wild. And we got out of it, but we still took ten COVID tests. There was there was five t- tests to get there, four tests to stay, and one test to get home. Good. In a grief. matter of five days, so we were locked down in our room for uh, for three days. You guys really wanted to go. We really wanted to go. Yeah, we really wanted to go, and it turned out to be. That's when he knocked Conor out. So that was the. Yeah, yeah, fun, yeah. The, the premier fight. The mo- I mean, I'd do it all over again at a heartbeat. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting, was catching, interesting yeah. fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was Some-
1: weird too in the fact that. So that fight, I got up at four in the morning, four a.m. Got to the arena at six. I'd already missed two fights. Wow. We, we were celebrating by noon. Dustin was done. We were celebrating the victory. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, because they wanted to do it for American television audiences, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So the time different. And
0: yeah. then uh, most of the UFC fights, uh, at least for in this area, Central Time, it's like eight to almost sometimes at 11 o'clock. It's, it's like in that.
1: Oh, I mean, if the main court, you could be, yeah, it could be later. It could be midnight. If you mm-hmm. fight Vegas on Pacific Time, you know, that main court would go off at, at midnight or so. Which, yeah. is, which is crazy because your body clock's saying midnight. So you think about some people, they don't realize all the, everything that goes into a fight. So you get up and you work out every morning, you feel good. But by midnight, do you really want to go work out? No. So that's when he's, he's putting his These the guys got a fight around the top. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, so.
0: And that's not even their, uh, you would think that they would work it out to where they're in their prime fighting, um, time of day like
1: no, where they, they have they the they most energy out, they work it out where they follow the money you know oh. where, where does espn want to put them so espn big boys are in it now so oh yeah all, it's all about yeah. the money
0: that's how it is and then um do you think dustin's going to fight anymore because i i interviewed dustin on he's here trying, he's
1: trying to get that ds fight they're they're uh, they're making some more noise about it okay
0: because uh, I, I whenever I, I, I talked to dustin a while back on here I, um this was oh god I don't think it was Conor McGregor. I think it was uh, it might have been Khabib, and I was asking him about you know what is his next fights and what does that look like and how long will he fight for, right. and um, you know he did he really didn't know. He said you know whoever pays more kind of situation, right. and then I want to say not long after that the Conor McGregor right. uh, fight popped up. I'm like dude this is a this is gonna be a big this one because yeah, yeah. that guy Conor talks Conor, so much smack.
1: Conor's the number one he his pay-per-views sell more than he he sets the record. So, but Dustin started in his own right. uh, They they do a lot of metrics on our pay-per-views. Who's got strength of selling buys and Connors by far number one, but Dustin's might be number two. If he's not two, he's three.
0: Yeah. I think Uh, Dustin has that good, like it's almost like that heartwarming feel uh, behind him. Connor is just brash and loud and smack talk. And like, People yeah. love to, to watch a guy either want like
1: to either fall in love with him or, or you, you, you want to get him, him knocked get his, out. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> behind me. Yep. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And look, whenever, whenever, whenever Dustin had the knockout on him, I, I mean, that was the best. Holy and fuck. I went on message boards and, you know, social media sites and people were just, you know, you were extreme. It was almost like politics. You were either for this guy or you were the devil. Right. You know, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, on yeah. both sides. So right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That fun times. It. Um, and then you know kind of before we we go we got a, just a minute left. Uh you also like to hunt? Like I do. I like to bow hunt. Yeah. Like so it's not just like deer hunting. You like like the big I the big sport.
1: I've shot I've shot there's 29 North American game animals I've shot them all. Uh I've been to Africa probably a dozen times. I've uh, been to New Zealand, Australia. It it gets me to travel the world. It, it's more of an adventure bow hunt. Yeah. Uh Put a backpack on your back, put your bow, strap your bow on, and and get dropped off somewhere and come back in eight or ten days and uh, see what you can do. Uh, You get to recharge your batteries. You set your phone down. You get to test your um, personal strengths, your beliefs, your confidence in yourself. Hey, can I survive on my own? Do I need all these creature comforts? you appreciate it. You know, you appreciate your bed when you get home. Oh, yeah, sleeping sleep bag with rocks, and and uh, you know, uh, but but it's 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 I don't know, I really love it, I just love it. You uh yeah, you
0: know. what do you so okay? Just as a person who is curious, whenever you take down an animal, what do you do with it with the meat
1: and all that? Most of the time, we eat it, uh, some of the times, it's donated uh it never goes to waste uh, but we we have even if we donate it we got to clean it you know yeah. and pack it out so some of these a, i'm doing a caribou hunt in canada a mountain caribou and we're on indian property and what we don't consume in camp we, when we pack out we'll donate to to the uh native american people that own the land but we have to pack it They'll fly it out in a helicopter, but we have to pack it and we may be you might be a mile, you might be five miles from the helicopter site where they're gonna pick you up. These are four hundred pound animals, man. And yeah. you've already even you've got seventy pounds of gear on your back already that you're hiking with and where you set up that base cage, just get it's work. It's work.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. I mean so we got a few
1: more years of these hunts left <laughs> man, I'm telling you, and then
0: it's soof. Um Uh, uh, And this might be, uh, I don't know if it's a weird question or not, but it's just a question that I have in mind is what was your favorite hunt? Like what? I don't know. It's it's not
1: weird. I get that all the time. Yeah. I I don't know because it's, could I say it's my next hunt? I'm always looking forward to the next adventure. What was it? My last hunt. my most recent memories. I have some hunts, uh, like I shot a really big mountain goat once super challenging probably my most challenging hunt uh i ran a marathon never been a runner i ran a marathon before the hunt to train she ended up shooting a world record mountain goat with my bow um i was in really good shape before i still lost like 17 pounds on the hunt oh wow just beat my body up but really tested myself mentally because we were just miserable the whole time physically and mentally both and i and i I didn't fold, you know, I, I, so maybe that one, uh, hunts, you know, we did a four generation hunt once my dad, my son, my grandson, and me. I mean, who gets to do four generations in, in a, a bear hunt in Canada? And we had friends with us. It was a great time. Maybe that one. Uh, yeah, it just, it, a lot of great memories, favorite. Uh, you'd have to put that in context a little more, but just, I've had, I've been, Blessed and had some great hunts and great times in the woods.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you with the, the fourth generation hunt, I mean, that's a good bonding
1: experience, oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And to see, you know, the grandson get away from the wi- the women of the world. I hate to say <laughs> that like that. But, you know, to become a, starting to become a, he's, he's like 12 years old and he's just becoming aware of, I'm um, turning from a boy to a man and his confidence, like, hey, you know, go, go. There's a there's a river here. Uh go play in a boat. Be careful, don't fall out. Of the boat. You know, <laughs> stuff that mom would have just like no. Oh to yeah. Do, yeah. Put him in a he's in a stand by himself with, with bears walking underneath him Oh, no. close, but he was, yeah. Just to give him that that confidence. So All
0: right. All right. and last last thing I gotta know. Uh have you ever um on one of the hunts been been scared for your life or come close to uh getting Killed by one of the wild animals. Couple,
1: couple of bear incidents are really close. The weirdest one was on a bear hunt. I actually sneezed, but I tried to suppress my sneeze and hold it back, and I blew a blood vessel out of my nose and almost bled to death. So wow. bled profusely for hours, and, uh, yeah, I was back in the woods by myself. They drop you off and say, see you in about eight hours, and I did it early in the hunt and and uh, couldn't stop my nose from bleeding. it was was pretty wild
0: so you 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 had an injury not even related to an animal related to
1: no no nothing to do with the animal but you got bears and wolves around you got blood pouring everywhere you know and uh, I'd actually climbed out of the tree and slowed the, the bleeding down I dug down into permafrost and got some moss that was still frozen and put it as a cold compress on my forehead and laid back and I had all these bloody rags and from all around me oh, trying bet. to stop the yeah. blood. And the guy pulls up and he just about had a heart attack. He goes, man, I thought the bears, <laughs> like, no, I just, you know,
0: I'd sneeze yeah. too hard. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. Oh. All right, man. Well, uh, man, Tim, it was, it was good to have you on. I'm, I'm glad we were able to make this work out and, yeah. uh, appreciate
1: you, man. Thanks. Yeah. Even it's though
0: fun. it's April 1st, uh, this is no joke. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. And yeah, man. Um, I know we, before we leave you, you had, uh, you guys had posted a, um, a message on your one of your uh restaurant signs and uh I got it real quick here before we go. It is uh our pizza slaps harder than Will Smith. Uh, that that's pretty funny right we there. We got
1: a lot of traction with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I told you earlier. I I'm taking all the credit for it, but I I didn't even know they were putting that up there. Whoever came up with that, I still don't know who did it. It, it was brilliant. It was and funny because the whole thing yeah, some some in Will's corner, some in Chris Rock's. Who knows? And I'm trying not to even comment on it. And yeah, I think it was it was it was what needed to be said.
0: So, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's funny, and obviously a good play a good play on um, the the current uh, times. I guess right, you know right. it's always it's always in your best interest to try to play on. Uh, current events. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. that's what gets people talking, obviously. Right. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Tim, again, appreciate you coming on, and I hope to see uh, many more um, years. That the yeah. companies that you have uh, yeah. go on and
1: some more, and we may we may surprise y'all. Keep you informed if we do something else. Let, let me tell you, I'm
0: always uh, I'm always keeping my yeah, ears we, to the we ground looked because a, we looked at a couple other properties and I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I hear my wife in the background. No, 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 oh, don't Lord, don't do it. Well, uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep our ears on the ground, and if uh, if we hear anything from you, we'll be sure to uh, if it's appropriate. Obviously, we'll we'll put it out there. There we go. Awesome. All right, well, guys, that is all we have for today. We hope that you have a great Friday, and even though it's April Fool's, try not to let any jokes uh, uh, make you upset too bad. I know we made one this morning that's already upsetting people, but it is what it is. It's April 1st. You should know that by now. And uh, with that, yep, uh, Tim, have a good one, and uh, we'll
1: see you around. All right.